So if you were with us either virtually online or in person last week, we studied how to know, uh, well, basically how we got the Old Testament. Um, and we learned some very interesting things. And we saw that, that the authority of the Old Testament was not given by some council that voted and gave those books uh, authority. That the authority of the Old Testament was by its own very nature um, as divinely inspired books, they were authoritative and therefore a part of the canon, uh, this grouping of sacred scriptures that we call the Old Testament. We learned that the Jews collected and viewed the Old Testament in three categories. They had these collections, three collections of different groupings of writings, the law, the prophets, and the writings. And we saw how Jesus affirmed this threefold division. He recognized this grouping of sacred scriptures, it appears. Um, and it, it seems like he also bookended uh, the Old Testament in his day, recognizing these books. He spoke about Abel, who was slain, and Zechariah. Abel being mentioned in Genesis, Zechariah being mentioned in Chronicles, which in the Jewish order of the books was the last book of their testament. We saw that the canon was, was well recognized for the large part in the days of Jesus and the days of the apostles. Um, and they quoted scripture, the Old Testament, as authoritative, and people knew what they were talking about. But today we want to study and, and learn a little bit more about how the New Testament was created. How did we get the New Testament? And from the very beginning, I'm just going to tell you, it's, you know, a large part similar to how we got the Old Testament, uh, there are some very similar themes that run through it. As we saw last week, there are two basic views if we boil it down. There's the view, number one, that the canon of the New Testament was formed by people who voted and gave it authority. And the other view, the, the view we took last week and we'll be taking again, at least as I understand it, is that God inspired people to write, holy people to write down these holy words. And so the books as they were written were canonical, a part of this sacred gathering. And they had authority as they were written. Um, and as they were recognized, they were able to be used even more, but by their own nature, they possessed authority. So I want to start today by looking at the words of the New Testament themselves, kind of a grassroots approach. And you don't even have to believe in the New Testament as being inspired to understand how early Christian authors thought about this topic. Uh, so I think you're going to see some compelling lines of reasoning just on how the apostles thought about this subject. So if I was to summarize how we got the New Testament in, you know, 30 seconds to a minute, I would say this. Number one, the Old Testament prophesied about a coming Messiah. When Jesus showed up on the scene, he lived his life and he fulfilled the prophecies. He was the Messiah. As Messiah, his teachings, his life, his words were authoritative. So he got to define what 
salvation and Christianity was all about. And he gave that authority also to his apostles, to the people who followed after him. And so the apostles now had this delegated, this extended authority. And so they wrote down and taught about Jesus and they taught about Christianity. And so essentially the New Testament is the writings of the apostles or the close associates of the apostles telling us about Jesus and telling us about what Christianity is. Now we're going to fill in some more details, but that's the big picture. It's, it's really not that complicated when you think about it like that. So I'm going to be going through a lot of scriptures to start with uh, this morning. And you may want to grab a pen or a pencil to jot these down because we won't look them all up. I'm going to read most of them to you. But we're going to see again and again how the apostles viewed their writings, how they viewed their authority. And I want to just read to you, first of all, from 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 2. Um, I believe that this book was written by the Apostle Peter. He says, Beloved, I now write you to you uh, this second epistle, in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. So according to, to Peter, Peter links the, the words of the holy prophets that were spoken before and the words of the apostles, the commandments, the teachings of the apostles. Peter viewed his writing and his words as authoritative because Jesus had given and entrusted him with that authority. You look at the, the book of Hebrews, the apostle there in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 2 through 3, wrote this. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him? This word first spoken by God, by the Lord, by Jesus Christ, and then was confirmed by those who heard him. The extension of the authority of Jesus through the apostles. Let's, let's look this next one up. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Open up your Bible, whether you're at home, whether you're in the pews there at Parkwood. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. And we want to look at verse 13. Now hearing uh, from what many people believe was the first epistle that Paul wrote. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, and we're going to be looking at verse 13. If you're there, say amen. Okay, you're there. Verse 13 says, For this reason we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, 
which works also effectively in you who believe. Did you catch that? Paul makes this very important statement that the, the believers there received their words not as merely the words of men, but as the words of God. Peter recognized it. Paul recognized it. Their words meant something. More than just the words of men, they were divinely inspired words. God blessed their words. Now, did that mean that they were perfect and every word they said uh, was without flaw? No. Uh, they were human beings just like us. But God blessed them and God endowed them with a special word and a special authority and had given them these teachings that he wanted them to pass along to you and to me. Ephesians chapter 2, and I'll, I'll read this one, verses 19 through 20. It says, Members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Here we see Paul saying the foundation is Jesus, but then there's this foundation of apostles and prophets, linking these two, equating these two groups together. What about Jude? We just finished the book of Jude not long ago. Uh, the, the brother, stepbrother of Jesus, Jude 1.3. He says, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write you concerning our common salvation, I found 